0: welcome to the show i'm your host scott wurtzbacher and today we're gonna talk about the choice that we all have to make changes in our lives and facing our fears our guest is michelle taberski creator of hiking after 50 a social media brand that reminds us that it's never too late to become active and enjoy the outdoors michelle is a high school science teacher from northeastern Pennsylvania. And after a series of life events, she decided that enough is enough and found hiking as a release and a trigger for transformation. And which I'm very excited about includes getting over her fear of heights. And I'm super excited about that because I know this is something so many people struggle with. And uh, when we step into adventure, it's almost always that we have to face down our fears and michelle has done that beautifully she's here to share her story with us and i am so excited for this conversation michelle welcome to the campfire
1: hi scott thank you for having me
0: i am so excited for this um you know we'll get into the the fear of heights uh, as part of this conversation um and i'm really looking forward to that because it is something that i think a lot of people face but before we get there Let's talk about hiking after 50. Can you give us a a little overview of what, of what this is, what your brand is and, and, and how it got started?
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, the name is somewhat self-explanatory, but the posts and the information that I put out there to the world is not just for people over the age of 50. It's for anybody who wants to start hiking and just enjoying nature. You know, it's a lot of fun to do this. I I have a blast actually putting putting the social media aspect of it together.
0: Yes. What what was the inspiration behind actually putting this this social media brand together, hiking after fifty?
1: Well, when I f- first started posting information, I I was just posting it on my personal Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And I would post about my hikes and about my adventures and my friends, uh, numerous friends said, you know, you should do something with this. You should, you should make this into something more. And I thought about it and I said, you know what, let's, let's do it. So
0: here we are. I love it. So you said it's for everybody, but obviously the title is hiking after 50. So that was kind of like the primary sort of focus at first. And I'm curious about that. Could you, could you kind of. Speak about where that came from, the hiking after 50 piece.
1: Sure. Well, I didn't start hiking formally um, until I was about 47 years old. Nice. So, you know, I got a lot of hiking under my belt. And then I wanted to do more challenging hikes and trails, which is where that progressed to. So when I decided to, to brand this, I was already over the age of 50. So I thought, you know what? Let's go with it, hiking after fifty because from from here on out, that's what it's going to be. So
0: <laughs> yeah, I love it. So just for listeners, um what are some of the things that people can expect to find on your social media page? What are the kinds of things that you're posting about?
1: I post everything from funny memes about hiking and funny videos about hiking to, um, actually being on the trail with me, just some really, really beautiful scenery. I've been contacted by many many people who you know can't do some of the things that I'm doing and I, I'm aware that many people have some physical limitations and aren't able to do as much as they might like to do. So I try to provide some pictures and some inspiration for them and teach them how they can find certain things. There are roadside waterfalls and different uh, lakes and streams in various places that even people with mobility issues can get to. So I try to find them for people and show them. And I want them to be able to experience nature, even if their body is, you know, a little tired and maybe not willing to hit the trail.
0: Yeah. So I think that's so cool. And we'll get into the the background and how this all came about, but what a cool thing that you are just basically doing something that you've discovered that you love and you start posting. And now there's people that have physical limitations that are literally reaching out to you and letting you know how, what you're doing is inspiring them. What's that like? And was that, is that unexpected? Is that, can you talk about that?
1: When I first went onto social media, I I went in with zero expectations. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what to expect. I thought, "Who's going to want to watch this old lady hiking?" <laughs> so um, I, I was a little surprised when people started to reach out. And uh, some of the videos that I make actually address their questions. If um, if there's something I feel that the you know community as a whole could benefit from, I you know I take their questions and we we answer them publicly.
0: Yeah. So do you remember like one of the first few reach outs that you received messages that you got from people like, and like, were you surprised by it?
1: It definitely made me laugh. Um, and it, it used uh, wording that I will not repeat here. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> A lovely woman alluded to the fact that her knees would just not allow her to do the things that I'm out there doing. Yeah. And that started the, the whole series on roadside waterfalls
0: oh wow i love it so so you're you got some messaging about limitations and you took that and said well let's talk about how maybe we can look at this a different way
1: oh yeah i mean i'm really fortunate living in the northeast there are many many waterfalls and really great places to view that are very close to the road i mean sometimes there are even places where you could just pull up and watch a waterfall and you don't even have to get out of your car and I wanted people to know that those places exist and they could find them and and still enjoy the beauty of nature without having to compromise their body in any way.
0: Yeah. And I feel like you can relate to some of this. Um, we talked, of course, before today, and we had a really nice conversation. And you shared with me, as you kind of already did, that you discovered hiking really kind of as you approach the second half of life. And so this was sort of a new thing for you. Can you kind of walk us through this new discovery of the outdoors and hiking?
1: Oh, sure. Well, first of all, I have to give credit to my parents because a very, very long time ago, they used to take my sister and me to all kinds of state parks and, Mm -hmm. you know, and really instilled a love of nature in me. Back when I was 27 years old, I had a, a pretty serious health scare. I was. I was in a coma for three days with a collapsed lung wow. and um, the doctors were not sure uh, if I was going to make it. As a matter of fact, when my parents arrived at the hospital, uh, the doctors went over to them and said, she's in God's hands now. Wow. So um, it was a very scary time, but I was able to get through that. But when I got out of the hospital after an eight day stay in the critical care unit, um, I was on very high doses of medication mm-hmm. that made me rapidly gain weight. Uh, there was really nothing I could do about it. I mean, I was on a very uh, limited uh, physical regimen after having this happen. I mean, my body really needed some time to recover from it. So there wasn't a whole lot of exercising or anything going on. Um, I was basically able to walk on flat surfaces, you know, so I would walk through my neighborhood, but that was about all I could do. and you know, that in combination with being on this medicine and having previously been a high school and college athlete, it was very difficult for me to not exercise or do things. And it was also difficult for me to sit there and watch my body morphing into something that I had never seen before. These things happen, but then life continues on. You know, I went on to, um, I went on to get married and have a child and, and just life happens. You know, I, I didn't really focus on me during that time, which I think, I think there are a lot of people who could relate to that. That's there are right. many of us who, you know, put ourselves on the back burner for, for life, for various reasons. I did get to a point when I was 47, I said, you know what, enough is enough. I've, I had it. I just, I needed to stop making excuses and start doing something. And I don't know what it was about that time that finally lit the fire under my feet, but I'm very glad it happened. I started walking and then I started walking on trails because again, you know, it's what I was raised with. My, yeah. We always enjoyed it. And then I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to do something more. So I started hiking, you know, some more challenging trails. Uh, but then COVID hit, there was no ability to go to a gym anymore for a little while. So I just went back out into the woods. I, I hit trails and, you know, went to places that weren't going to be heavily populated. And it just escalated from there.
0: You know, you said enough is enough. Or I think when we were on the phone, you said like, I just can't live like this anymore. And just now I heard you say I was tired of the excuses. Right. But I'm, I'm looking at somebody who, I mean, gosh, a coma for three days, like really facing like mortality. I mean, it it seems like that's a legitimate fear, like to, to face that down, you know, I don't know that I, that I'd call it an excuse, but I'm curious if you can kind of maybe bridge that gap because that was, that was a very real thing. And I think it's very natural that somebody would come out of that, you know, with, with a, with a fear for their own mortality and being careful and being safe you know, and this is what things like fear of heights protects us from, mm-hmm. right? But I'm just curious, like when you when you talk about this as, uh, as being excuses, can you kind of help bridge the gap there?
1: Well, this happened when I was, you know, the health scare happened when I was 27. Yeah. I started seriously hiking when I was 47. Yeah. So believe me, in that 20-year gap, <laughs> yeah. there were a whole lot of baby steps taken. Gotcha. <laughs> so- You know, and it started with me just walking out of my front door and down the street because in the beginning, that's all I was able to do. And then it progressed to walking to the end of the block and then walking through the neighborhood. And there was a it was a very slow progression, you know, because I was very cognizant of my health. Right. And, you know, still getting monthly check ins with doctors and things like that. So I was very cautious yeah. So I think I did you know there was there was 20 years in there. By the time we got to year 15, my body was was healed. It was sufficiently healed at that point. Got um it. more than sufficiently healed. So I think it's more so from that point on that I was I felt like I was making excuses and just not doing it. Certainly in the beginning. No, I was I was walking on eggshells in the beginning. Right. You know, and I, I didn't take any chances because, you know, let's face it, it was a pretty close call and I certainly didn't want that to happen again.
0: So I think when you say something like, you know, I'm, I'm enough is enough, like no more excuses. Like there's a moment in time where you say like, you know, I'm, I'm living life this way and I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to move to this new way. Like, it sounds like you, you knew your body was recovered and ready to go but your mind wasn't quite there yet. I'm just wondering if you can sort of take us across that threshold from like, I'm, you know, enough is enough to like this new
1: Michelle. And, and quite honestly, I'm not sure if I can even pinpoint, you know, um, something that happened or any one specific thing. Yeah. Um, you know, again, having been an athlete, I worked out a lot. I was very physically fit at one point as you age, and after you've had a child, and after having taken medication that put a lot of extra weight on me, I clearly did not look like what I did years ago. And nor do I expect to ever get back to what I looked like in my early to mid-20s, but I just knew I wasn't happy. I looked at myself in the mirror and I just wasn't happy. And at that point, the only person who can change that would, was me.
0: And you made a decision in in those moments.
1: Yeah. When I set my mind to something, I am 100% all in. I love it. Hey, everyone. It's Scott here. Did you
0: know that the members of my real estate team, W Realty Group, are listening to their own voices that call to adventure by setting big goals? Some of those goals include planning trips to Bali and the kingdom of Bhutan, buying investment homes, and running the Chicago Marathon. At W Realty Group, we support and encourage these big goals and want to help turn them into reality. We're currently looking to add new members to the team. If you know a great real estate agent in the Charlotte, North Carolina area that would benefit from being part of our team, please send a text, an email, or give me a call. And know that when you support W Realty Group, you're also supporting this podcast. Thanks for listening you know just to kind of tie tie this together like the fear of heights sort of comes later this really this new you is sort of like tied to this desire to get in shape lose the weight and hiking becomes this thing that allows you to to pursue that goal so can you kind of talk us through like age 47 like what 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 kind of hiking adventures you discovered and what are some of the hikes that you that you've taken
1: well, you know, initially I said, I yeah, you know, I took walks in the woods, basically, mm-hmm. you know, the trails I was on were very easy trails, but that, that became a little boring for me. So then I went to the more moderate trails and then started hiking some, some more challenging trails. And in Northeastern Pennsylvania and in the Northeastern United States, there are some, some fairly challenging hikes, but. Nothing like being in the Rockies or, you know, being in Canada. I just, I, I wanted more. I, I was researching these places and they looked so beautiful. And I said, you know what? I want to be at a level of stamina where I can do these things. Again, it was just, it was very visually driven at that point. I was, you know, you're, you're on the internet, you're looking at these places and you're seeing just how amazing and how gorgeous they are. And I said, you know what? I want to experience that. What do I need to do to to be able to do that?
0: What was the answer to that? What did you need to be able to do?
1: In my mind, I thought building up some cardio would not be a bad idea Mm -hmm. because where I wanted to go in Colorado is certainly a much higher elevation than Northeastern Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I felt like when I did go to the gym, I would set the, uh, the treadmill incline to as steep as it could go and do nice. some circuit training that way. I certainly did weight training along with that, just to make sure I was strong enough to do these hikes. And I worked my core very extensively because I wanted to make sure I had good balance. Sometimes there's not a whole lot of trail uh, to walk on, on some of these hikes and, uh, the, the drop-offs are rather steep. So you want to make sure you have good balance when you do these things.
0: Yeah. Especially when you have a a fear of heights, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's something. So, so the progression is, you know, hiking around like the woods in the local area where you're in Northeastern Pennsylvania, but you eventually find your way to some of the big peaks in the Colorado area. Like tell us about some of those experiences.
1: Oh goodness. Well, this past summer was was the trip to Colorado. I made sure I was acclimated to the you know, to the difference in elevation uh-huh. before I did anything because elevation sickness is a real thing and it, it can be, it can be very dangerous actually yeah. if you're not careful. So, you really need to make sure you're out you're at that altitude for a significant amount of time before you start hiking it. I absolutely noticed the difference the higher and higher I went. You know, I noticed the difference in my breathing. Uh, the first major peak that I conquered was um, Mount Bierstadt okay. in Colorado. It was my first 14er. That was, it was really interesting. It, it was, it's a beautiful hike. When I started at the trailhead in the morning, you know, in a very, very early morning hours, there were about 100 other people there with me in the parking lot, all gearing up, ready to go. It's July we were all wearing winter coats uh, wow. it was it was it was kind of a surreal experience you know for the first time doing this there were times along the trail where i was mumbling to myself you know in some of the steeper sections saying <laughs> why why did i set this as i <laughs> <laughs> i think it's around eight miles round trip okay but it's it's very it was steep you know 14ers are kind of like the kind of like the the gold standard when it comes to hiking. If you, if you really, really want to challenge yourself, you try to do a 14 er I read up on a, you know, which ones I should potentially tackle first. And I just, I remember saying to myself as I was about three quarters of the way up the mountain, like whoever said this should be one of the first, (laughs) (laughs) they lied. They totally lied. (laughs) But I pressed on about the last third of a mile of that hike is a rock scramble. Okay. Um, almost straight up. And at that point, I was very, very grateful that I had taken some time to overcome that fear of heights, because when you're on this rock scramble, you turn around and there's there's like nothing behind you. You know, if you fall from there, you know, that could be that could be devastating. Yeah. So for
0: listeners, rock scramble like you're, you're not ropes or crampons or anything, but you are using your hands a little bit.
1: Yeah, it, it's not as steep as, it's not um, a perfectly up and down, yep, you know, incline. But there's somewhat of an incline to it, but but you're still climbing at a rather steep,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, at a rather steep incline. And the, the rocks that I was climbing on were anywhere between four feet and eight feet tall. You were able to pick and choose, and there were certainly enough of them there that you could find a safe way up to the top. But uh, it's definitely not for the faint of heart.
0: So for you at 14,000 feet, like what was it like getting to that summit of that first 14er?
1: Oh my goodness. I had planned on sitting up there to eat lunch and I'm okay. really glad I did because it, the the views were just unlike anything I had ever seen before. I mean, you could watch these things on YouTube and you could see pictures online, but there's really nothing like being there. It was just, so spectacularly beautiful. And I, I do have a number of, of videos that show the view from up there, Yeah, but again, it's not, it's just not the same. I tried to recreate it as best I could for people, but it's just really exhilarating at the top of a mountain that high.
0: I completely understand that. It's, it's just, you know, when you're in those big mountains, it's like, you just stand there truly in awe. There's a word I love to use on this podcast. And it's just, you can't capture it in a picture. I, I wonder for listeners, if you could attempt to describe what you saw that first time you, were, you got to the top of the 14er.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, in that part of Colorado, there are actually many 14ers. Mm-hmm. So you get to see the tops of a lot of these other mountains while you're up there. On the day I was there, there were some clouds earlier in the day. So it's really neat to see that you go above the clouds yeah that 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 was kind of a, a fun part of the you know fun part of the trail is getting up above the clouds and then it kind of it then it really hit me like wow I am really this high up like there's nothing here in Pennsylvania that even comes close yeah to getting to that height there just yeah. there just isn't and then you you're you're past the tree line at this point little aside here one of the things you have to worry about when you climb these fourteeners are afternoon storms because mm-hmm. they they come very quickly in Colorado and there's nowhere to hide or go you are literally on the side of a mountain no trees no nothing and i wasn't yet at the rock scramble so there was if if a storm rolled in quickly there would have been no place to go so th- that's that's always kind of in the back of your head, at yeah. least it was for me yeah. saying, okay, you know what? I I double and triple checked like five different weather reports to make sure that there wasn't going to be a storm today, but it's still kind of in the back of your head. Like, where would I go? If there yeah. was lightning, where would I go? Because right now I am the most conductive thing on this mountain. That's
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So uh, how do you protect against that? Is it just watching the weather and that's it? I mean, is there anything else that people can do to prepare for that? Ah.
1: Uh, not really, but there are very specialized weather reports in that part of the country for people who are specifically hiking. Yeah. Um, not, just, not just climbing 14ers, but those who go into slot canyons as well, uh, because slot canyons, uh, are, you know, flood very easily. You need to be really cognizant of the weather when you're inside of a slot canyon, because if you're in a little narrow area with huge walls on both sides of you and that starts to flood, you have nowhere to go. That's right, yeah. So um, so they have specialized weather reports out in those areas for hikers specifically.
0: Pay attention to the weather.
1: Yeah, it's not just watching your local ABC affiliate and saying, yeah. okay, here they said it's okay, so I'm going to go.
0: So I want to get into the, the part that I'm super excited about, and that is fear of heights. You don't climb a 14 or... <laughs> with, you know, <laughs> you, you have to at least face that fear of heights at some point. Mm-hmm. So Michelle, can you kind of paint a picture? I, and I don't, my sense is, is that this whole adventure in hiking was not about your fear of heights, but this was something that you ended up having to face kind of along the way. Um, could you talk about what that fear of heights was like for you before?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was pretty severe. I could not climb a six foot ladder. I was I was afraid I would be paralyzed and just stand at the bottom and say no I can't do this, and when you're hiking, you know there are drop-offs um, even on some of the easier trails there are drop-offs, and I would be as far away from that I'd be like clinging to the other side of the you know the trail, but then I there was one very specific event that happened. There's a wonderful state park near me called Ricketts Glen okay. State Park. And if anybody likes waterfalls, you need to go to this park because there's a, a waterfall trail that has 22 waterfalls on it.
0: Cool. Ricketts it Glen?
1: Is, yes. Ricketts Glen State Park. It's okay. amazing. Most of the waterfalls are very out in the open, um, but there's this one waterfall that you come to and you can't see it unless you climb this like 12 to 15 foot rock ledge. Mm. And I wanted to see that waterfall. (laughs) I was determined to see that waterfall. Kind of sized up the situation. And I looked at the rock that I had to climb. And I said, okay, there are plenty of places to hang on. Plenty of places for my feet. And I said, you know what? I have come to see all 22 of these waterfalls. I'm going to see this one. And I was terrified. And my palms were sweating. And I was afraid I was going to slip off those rocks. But I started climbing. And even though it was only 12 to 15 feet, I I felt at that point like I had already conquered Mount Everest because nice. when, I, when I reached that flat ledge, I just couldn't believe that I had done that. I I, you know, I was still shaking at I, I was physically shaking from doing this. Um at, but I took I took a selfie with that waterfall and uh definitely posted about that because that was one of the most meaningful hikes I've ever done. I, I just said, you know what, I, I, again, enough is enough. Um, I cannot live life being afraid to get onto a six foot ladder. That's, that's a ridiculous fear yeah. in my mind now.
0: So you mentioned sweaty palms. You mentioned like after doing the 12 to 12 foot, like climb up that rock ledge, you know, mm-hmm. kind of shaking, like what else showed up for you in your body? Like with that fear of heights?
1: Oh, my goodness. I mean, the heart palpitations, my heart was beating out of my chest. You know, you're sweating, you're getting beads of sweat running down your forehead. Um, I mean, for me, I had a a lot of physical reactions to this.
0: And so you said it was like the desire to see this waterfall Mm -hmm. that allowed you to push through like that physical expression of this fear of heights.
1: Mm -hmm. I've grown to have such a love of nature Mm -hmm. and I just appreciate it so much. I just, I just had the the desire to see that waterfall outweighed my fear at that moment. And I said, "I'm, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Took it one, one tiny little step at a time up those rocks.
0: I love it. But, you know, I mean, to me, it seems like it was, it was more than just seeing that waterfall, like whether that was like something subconscious, but like there was something inside of you that said like, no, this fear is not going to stop me today.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, believe me. I, I didn't realize that as I was climbing, as I was climbing this ledge, I said, you know, my goal at that particular moment was to see that waterfall. Yeah. And it wasn't until I climbed back down, which again, I was physically shaking, even on the way down. Um, It wasn't until I reached the parking lot that I just said, oh my gosh, I, I just did that. Yeah. Oh my, like, this is awesome. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so it, it, it took a little while, but it, it did finally sink in. Like I, I can do this. I can face these fears and, and win. And then I started challenging myself even more.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> what, what did that look like?
1: Nothing as, as exciting as and as spectacular as that first time, but instead of being afraid of walking toward the edge
0: mm-hmm.
1: of a trail, now I was looking over the edge. And I was, you know, being able to finally see, you know, the, the stream or the river at the bottom of... The, the trail that I was always too afraid to see. I wouldn't even get close enough to the edge of the trail to, to see that. So it just, it opened my eyes to more things. As my mind expanded, the the fear started dissipating.
0: Yeah. So was it a dissipation or was it, was it a meet? Like, did it go away immediately after that experience or did it take practice? Like, did it take time?
1: I would say it took maybe two or three times uh, to, to really not be afraid of such things. I mean, now I just walk over to the edge. There's, there's no issue now. But after that first one, I still think I had some trepidation yeah. and, you know, was a little cautious. But then the logical side of my mind said, hey, you already did this. And you were fine. And you're going to be fine. So go take a look. It just like I said, two or three times. But after that, then I didn't even have that trepidation anymore.
0: Yeah, I love it. Do you have any remnants of that fear of heights left? Like, do you feel like you've fully gotten over it?
1: It's funny you say that because last night I had an experience that will answer this question. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was always terrified and would never use those elevators that have the glass where you could see out into like hotel lobbies and things like that. Last night, I was on the third or fourth floor of a building and had to get into a glass elevator. And I just walked, I walked right in. Amazing. I just walked right in.
0: That's amazing. I love that so much.
1: So I was up there three or four stories up. I never would have done that in the past.
0: Yeah. Oh man. That's amazing. You're, you're reminding me, um, my family, and i we were in uh, canada over the summer in toronto and we went up to the cn tower i'm not sure if you're if you're familiar Mm -hmm. with that but like at the top they have a platform and inside there's you know super thick glass but you walk out on this glass and you basically see straight down yeah you're like leaning forward yeah yeah it's so (laughs) freaky i mean it totally freaked me like you just You know, just to be standing there looking down, it's, yeah, I, it definitely, I, my fear of heights is still there (laughs) for sure. But I mean, to your point, like, you know, you, you step out there and you do it and it, and it, you know, slowly Mm -hmm. starts to dissipate, like wondering, isn't going to help it, but actually taking the step and doing it does.
1: Yes. And, and I think quite honestly, I might have a butterfly or two, if I had to step out onto a platform like that, but but I, but, but I would do it. Yeah. Whereas in the past, I wouldn't have even gone to the observation deck. Yeah. I was, I was just too frightened.
0: Yeah. So how about getting up on a six foot ladder?
1: Oh, no problem.
0: No problem. No
1: problem. I change my light bulbs all the time now. That's
0: amazing. (laughs) I love that so much. So Michelle, I mean, this, this journey for you really, it started because you wanted to get in shape. You wanted to lose some weight, but it, it became about like getting over fears, getting over things that you didn't necessarily think that you could do, and this new passion that you found, which is just being in nature. How has all of this, like, how has this experience sort of changed you and like what it's done for you as a person?
1: Oh my goodness. I mean, my life is just so much more enriching at this point. It might sound corny, but colors are more vibrant when I'm out there hiking. I mean, there's just something about it that, that just makes life that much sweeter. Fears have gone. So now there was space for something else to come in. And well, I tried to let in all the positive things and not allow any, any negativity in there.
0: Man, I love that. When you got, I'm just going to repeat back because I just, what I heard you say was like when the fear was gone or kind of pushed out of the way, you made space for all this like happy, joyful stuff to come into your life and take up more space. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I truly believe that's what happened.
0: So you're a high school science teacher. And one of the things that you mentioned when we talked the first time was, the perception that your students had of people in their forties and their fifties being able to do this.
1: <laughs> yes. Sh-
0: share with our listeners. what Cause there was maybe some motivation in there too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, many of us can remember our high school days and I know I was guilty of this as well, but you know, high school students think your life is over once you get past 25. I, I mean, that's it. You know, there's, there's nothing left after that. You know, after that you just, drive a minivan and have a white picket fence around your house and <laughs> you know go to work every day and you know the, so other perception was kind of you know limited as it should be they're not yet at that age yeah. uh, they will realize that they are still very capable of doing things in their 40s and 50s that they're kids so yeah they weren't uh they weren't sold on the fact that I was able to do those things until I showed them some videos.
0: Yes. Yeah, so was so was that a little, was there a little motivation in there? Like I'm going to show you, I can do this.
1: <laughs> maybe a tiny bit, maybe <laughs> well, just a little.
0: I mean, clearly you've been inspired by these new and new accomplishments and these things that you're kind of stepping up and, and taking bigger hypes and now climbing 14ers. Um, and along with that, it seems has come a desire to share these experiences with other people through your social media. And I'm just wondering if you could kind of like help tie this together and talk a little bit about that desire to share this experience with others.
1: At first, again, I didn't think anybody would really be interested, but after posting on my personal page and after, I mean, many, many friends said you, you need to do something with this, you know, put this somewhere where more than just your friends here on Facebook could see this, you know, that motivated me to do that. And then I thought, you know what, why not, why not gear it toward, you know, people who have a little bit of seasoning behind them (laughs) in some areas. I think that that 40, 50, 60 year old group at times can be a little overlooked when it comes to maybe certain aspects of uh, fitness marketing and things like that. There, I don't think there's enough of people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s and beyond who do amazing things. Uh, you know, There are a lot of people who are still in great shape at those ages. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was just a, a, a news segment that came out while I was still in Colorado, actually, about, uh, I believe it was a 92-year-old man who had just climbed Half Dome which is an incredibly steep and difficult, difficult trail. But he was 92 and he, yeah. and he did it for his birthday. That's amazing. I, I hope I can do that when I'm 70, let alone 92. I mean, my goodness.
0: It's something for us all to aspire for. We had <laughs> Alfredo Aliaga on our podcast not long ago. He's a ninety two year old that did the uh, Grand Canyon rim to rim.
1: oh, nice.
0: Yeah. he was just on here a couple of uh, a couple of episodes ago. So yeah, it's amazing to see the things that that are are possible. And uh, I think it's great that you are sharing what you love and helping to inspire other people to follow suit, really. it's, I mean, it's truly, Incredible. What's next for you? Do you have any, do you have any big hikes on the horizon
1: next summer? Yes. I'm, I'm hoping to do angels landing
0: out in Zion
1: national park.
0: You're uh, you're going to have to test your fear of heights on that one.
1: Uh, Yes, I certainly will. But that's exactly why I'm doing it.
0: I love it. Oh, that's fantastic. Michelle, when, in our first conversation you said, I can't live like this anymore. And you cross this threshold and you went after these big goals and dreams and now you're just you've made space and now you've brought all this joy and fun and excitement in your life because you pushed the other stuff out. I'm curious for people listening that maybe have felt or are feeling some of those fearful feelings that you once felt. What advice do you have for those people on how to get started on this journey?
1: Yeah, baby steps don't ever force it if it's truly that uncomfortable for you but baby steps find a way to just inch toward that goal no matter what it is i mean and that's that's not just for a fear of heights that's for anything that's for any goal because any forward progress is still progress it doesn't matter if it's a small amount it's still progress so do one thing um you know, if, if you're afraid to get up on a ladder, stand on the ground and put one foot up on that first rung and then put your foot down and say, you know what? I moved forward today. If I want to do more, great. But if I don't, I still moved forward. And I, I think you just need to take it piece by piece. Some people might be able to just jump in, you know, with both feet and, and be successful. I, that approach would not necessarily have worked for me. Just one step at a time.
0: Thank you for that. Uh, Michelle, all of this is so inspiring. And I know that at some point, Hollywood's going to pick up on your story. (laughs) And when they do, they're going to want to make a movie about this, you know, Mm -hmm. stepping out of your comfort zone, you know, setting these big goals, getting over a fear of heights, climbing these 14ers. They're going to make a movie about you. And when they do, I want to know who's going to be the Hollywood actress that's going to play you in this movie.
1: Truth be told, I had to ask friends about this one. They agreed on Reese Witherspoon.
0: Yeah, Reese Witherspoon. (laughs) I love it. Okay, great. And what is your movie going to be called? I'm Still Here. Nice. This is good. I like this movie. I'm Still Here starring Reese Witherspoon. I'm going to go see that movie for sure. She's (laughs) She's one of my favorites. Michelle, tell us about your social media channels. How can people find out more about you and see some of your content?
1: Well, right now the vast majority of my content is actually on TikTok. I love making videos on there. Nice. If if people haven't used that yet, try it because the video editing is so much fun. Nice. And there's so many options for you. But I am on TikTok at at hiking after fifty five zero. Not the word, just the number. Okay. So hiking after fifty. And as we speak, my website is being built. So there will be a hikingafter50.com very soon. So that's going to have a blog and it will have travel tips and a whole bunch of information um, and inspirational stories.
0: Fantastic. Well, check out Hiking After 50 on TikTok and watch out for Michelle's website, which is coming. Michelle, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. And for those listening, I hope you've been inspired today as much as I have. I hope Michelle's story has encouraged you to listen to the voice inside that calls you to adventure because we want to hear your story next. If you have a story to tell or just need a nudge to create one, please send me an email. We'd also appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word by leaving a review and sharing or tagging Inspire Campfire in your social media. And until next time, I want to encourage you to get outside. Thanks for listening. Michelle, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Oh, thank you, Scott. It's been a pleasure.